Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Weekday Wednesday, Tucson, Arizona's number one online radio podcast about all things medical cannabis. Your host, Bill Star. And the Cannabis Kid. Our show features news, interviews, and all the latest information about anything and everything medical cannabis related in Tucson, Arizona. And the world at large. We'd love to hear from you. Please give us a call live at 646-915-8421. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on all social media, or email thctucson at gmail.com. We'd like to thank Tumbleweeds Health Center and Studio C, along with our many sponsors for hosting our show every week. With the lowest price certifications in town, you'll find hemp products accessories, and all things related to medical cannabis education. Visit Tumbleweeds Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard or online at com. And remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. Again, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. We're just gonna clap because sound effects are initializing and golf clap measuring. Measuring, yeah. I was watching golf the other day on TV. Now it turns on, and I'm like, sorry, Dad, I'll watch it because uh, when my dad was around, I'd be like, what are you watching this stupid thing for? Let's turn it. Put on the Brady Bunch. You know, they were they were a lot better than the Brady Bunch was a lot better than golfing. Um, but now it turns off on. And there really is such a thing as a golf clap. And it's just like that. It's like they're afraid. They're really afraid to clap. (laughs) I know. It's really funny. Oh, yeah. They could mess something up or scare somebody or startle somebody or scare the ball or scare the bird. I don't don't even know if we're on air. We're we're trying to figure this out now. Um, We are? Well, we're on air. Okay, I won't get too cocky about it, though, because <laughs> the gods will hear me and be like, wait, what? Oh, oh. And there's the big boy letting us know that probably Cannabis Kid is on his way in. So welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. We are hoping and wishing and hoping and praying that this uh, continues. <laughs> that our show continues. That's all. We're just uh, we're just hoping and wishing and praying it continues. So, welcome to Wednesday, Wednesday for the bestie. Uh, it is September the nineteenth. You're a little slow on your green room golf clapping. And no, we don't need any photos. We're trying to get to our. Uh, I had to plug the sound effects back in, folks. So, there you have it. Sound effects are good to go. Yeah. Everybody needs a little shotgun in the morning. Mm. Oh. That wasn't even the shotgun. That was the whip. Hang on. All right. There we go. Second amendment. Okay. Uh, what do we got going on? Let's see. Concentrates are still illegal. You know what I'm finding really interesting um, is when we first started all of this at Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down. Get yourself certified. But we could barely talk about it. We had a whisper we did uh, people would say what do you do and for a while um, because I'm an interpreter for uh, American Sign Language for deaf and hard hearing and that's what I did full-time before for many many years I went to school for that uh, and that's what I used to do before we did the tumbleweed thing and people would say that's what I used to do when I did the tumbleweed thing you did not you silly man look who's here hello everybody Oh, love and kisses. Oh. And kisses. And love it. It and was kisses. crazy out there. Traffic's crazy. Oh, yeah. People are crazy. Yeah, still you. So, um, I thought the train. <laughs> oh, I can hear that. Okay, so anyway, at any rate, there it is. That's a good thing. Um, yeah. No. So, well, that's it. Show's over. Just kidding. Um, 
we we went from concentrates to tumbleweeds health center to shushing everybody because like I was saying, I went to school for sign language interpreting and and uh we used to I used to just people say, What are you doing? And I'd say, Oh, I'm a sign language interpreter and it was a while before um I admitted full on to my neighbors and people I knew in my community uh that I was one of the owners of Tumbleweed Health Center, 4826 East Broadway Boulevard, golf class. Because it was nerve-wracking, because it, it wasn't even a 50-50 at that time. It was more like a 80-20, 80-20, whether you were going to say, hey, boy, I'm in medical marijuana, and they'd go, oh. yeah, and it was either, ooh, yeah. Oh, we're a doctor's office. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. You don't actually have the stuff there, do you? No, 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 no. <laughs> so now we're all about it. So thank you for tuning in. We hope the radio show keeps going. It's September 19th again, once again for the bestie. And, um, Let's give a shout-out to the Growers House. Uh, just go to growershouse.com. I think they're getting ready to move again. Is that what I read right? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. They could use the space. They're growing. Growers House is growing. If you want to grow anything, I've got some awesome non-GMO strawberries going on the garage. And every couple of days I go out there, and there's two tiny little strawberry people out there, and I pick it off and say thanks and eat it, and it's the sweetest, yummiest thing ever. Uh, found those at the grocery store and was excited. They were some random little tiny, teeny tiny package of strawberry seeds, and I had two of them, and they sat in the kitchen for years and years. And one day I thought, well, I'll throw them in the ground and use what I got at the grower's house and see what happens. And voila, strawberries. Oh, and they're delicious. And you know, Dr. Dr. Oz says strawberries are so good for us. We need to eat a plethora of a variety of color of fruits. Look at all these great, fun magazines. And welcome back, Potter. Oh, my Lord. Whoop, whoop. The kid is in the house. We just sit here and smile for a while because it's been like 90 years. Feels like it. Yeah. 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 Feels like it. But look what look at all these all great these things that are these three women in weed mar- modern marijuana. This is the latest, and and this is Newsweek marijuana. This, Remember when we just had high times? <laughs> and we secretly had high times tucked away hidden somewhere, kind of like the Playboy. Don't want that to be seen. High times was like you know. Oh oh yeah, you back in the day. Back in the day. Back in you're right. Yes. And then we just had high times. Now I've got all these things. So you know, I think your Barnes and Noble or your oh. book or Sprouts. Sprouts. This is where I get these. Well, I, I was even saying that like the Barnes and Noble, like it was up on that top shelf, like and then with you, the you Playboy. Shove it back in there. But now, I mean, look at we've got four just right here, and I know that there's probably oh, I'd say probably about five or six more um, weed magazines, cannabis magazines. Yeah. Um, Cannabis Entrepreneur Magazine, um, Weed Cannabis History Magazine, Women and Weed Magazine. Here we go. Here's a little uh, a little uh, statistics for you, a higher level. Here's how U.S. public support for marijuana legalization has steadily increased over the past 50 years, according to a 2017 Gallup poll. Okay. So in 1969, so it says American support for legalization. We had 12% of Americans. Yeah, go for it. Here's your little cup of tea. Um, we had 12% of Americans in 1969. Golf, clap it out for that. And here's what we always say. These are the ones brave enough to come out and say that they're going to do it or they support it or they vote for it. Because there are people out there that literally don't use it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they'll vote for it. They'll support it because they they don't understand why our government would restrict the use of uh, something that's medicinally healing for people. So in 1973, just a few years after I was born, it went skyrocketing to 16%. <laughs> 1977, we're up to 28%. In 1980, when our silver sister was born, we're and, at... And Cannabis Kid. And Cannabis Kid. A quarter of the country said, let's do this. It was our generation. 
It was your gender. Talking you about up. your gender. You did double up. 19, um, 1985, you double up, but you flipped and you lost 2%. You went Uh-oh. back down uh, 23%. But yeah. some people rallied again. I bet it were the ones in California. The rally. the year that their dispensary started in 1996, we're back up to 25%. All right. And then... <laughs> Cats out of the bag, and a th- over a third of this country in 2002 said, you guys are fooling it. It's 34%. Woo-hoo. 2006, we jumped a couple notches to 36%. In 2010, uh, we got 44%. And wasn't that when the um, Prop 203 was passed Arizona. for Arizona? And uh, we got 2012, half the country. Half the country. Golfers, you guys a lot are of um, you guys sound are so sampling funny. going on right there. I think she. No. I think she. This is oh, with lemon skunk in your cup. Not Folgers anymore. It's lemon I love skunk. Lemon skunk. Oh, I love lemon skunk. And just that part of waking up, up lemon, lemon skunk in, in your bong. Bong. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you guys chose. To You're tune welcome. In. <laughs> Hang on, we'll get you on. She's always calling in. She's like, can I ever be on your show? I'm like, well. In 2014, 58%. 2015, 60%. In 2017, 64%. And that's according to the Gallup survey, folks. We're over, we're probably close to 75, 85. I'd say we're close to 90%. 90% of the country is at the Portia and Ellen just sent over a Snapchat of doing bong rips. <laughs> From our green room. <laughs> From our green room. And Wait, what? No, no, you don't get green M&M's. Oh, you guys, they're just too funny. You too. Okay, so here we go. What are the odds? Uh, plenty of people in the cannabis universe believe that federal legalization isn't too far away. However, to get a sense of how close the country really is to this major change in policy, we spoke to Las Vegas odds maker Alexander Kilpatrick of sportsbettingdime.com about his predictions. Okay, okay, so odds that marijuana will be legal federally by 20 or by 4 20, 2020? Uh-huh. 30 to 1. We got a 30 to 1 odds. Now, this, this, this guy, uh, um, this guy, Alexander, uh, you know, Las Vegas, it's all about betting. So this is a betting professional. This is someone who does odds for a he's living. He's like looking at it. He's, he's seen This research. is like stock markets. He's studying this. Mm-hmm. He's looked at the trends, the trend that I just read from the Gallup polls, things right. like that. All right. And then odds marijuana be legal federally by 2024? 10 to 1. Oh. This is what we were talking about yesterday. I still think we've got a long way out here. Ten to one, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it says for the first, the GOP will control the White House and Senate until 2020. And can we please change the name of the GOP? If we don't, they have to wear party. it's grand old party, and they have to wear the wigs again. If right. we're not changing that name, then grand I say out bring the wigs. Let's get the George Washington wigs, stick them back on, and you will wear them and ride a horse. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help that one. Uh, marijuana legalization isn't part of its platform, and with narrow windows to pass comprehensive legislation, it's unlikely that the grand old party will make this priority. And they're right. They got bigger things like uh, Mr. Judge. Um, and then it says the 10 to 1 in 2024, presidents are elected to second terms roughly 70% of the time, although often with minorities in the House and Senate, Donald Trump's popularity numbers will test that rule. But assuming it's unlikely he'll lose the presidency, it's similarly unlikely we'll see marijuana legalized. That's 2024. Can you repeat that last sentence? What when was this put out? Sorry, when was this put out? <clears throat> this, this now remember this this is um, this is good until 12 of 18. So okay. you need to remember so, something. Hang on, hang on. 
he, this guy is an analyzer. Uh-huh. He's a better. So not only is he looking at trends of marijuana, he's looking right. trends he's at politics. Okay. Correct. So politically, he's saying, if you're in the seat, 70% of the time, you're going to get your next four years. But he said, Trump's going to test that because we think there's going to be so many people coming out to vote again. That, but if Trump does get the presidency, which he says is 70% likely, it's unlikely it will be legal by 2024. So what year are we at right now? We're only at 18. That's six years. We were talking yesterday. We're thinking another 10 to 20 years out. At least. 20? Yeah. For, for, for complete legalization. Yeah. Federally, yeah. Before they have to change, wow. they have to reschedule it. And if you think, this is 18, so they're predicting 24. Still no full legalization. Let's read on. Okay, so odds of a presidential candidate endorsing recreational use in 2020 was the one to four. Bernie Sanders, Cory Booker, Kirsten uh, Gillibrand are co-sponsors of the Marijuana Justice Act and favorites to be the 2020 Democratic presidential nominee. In 2016, the Green Party nominee Jill Stein called for similar measures, so it's likely that 2020 candidates will endorse recreational use. I get and it. That's um, the way for uh, odds we'll see a candidate use cannabis on the 2020 campaign trail, 25 to 1. We're all looking at you, Jeb Bush. <laughs> that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, we'll see. The, Fed, the FDA did just approve the dialect, but it wasn't in other country. We should read about that. Too. So, after what this analyst mm-hmm. analyzed, accorded, analyzed, and mm-hmm. looked over, mm-hmm. he is feeling that because Trump is in that seat now, he's 70% likely to be in that seat again for the next four years. Is that what he said? Yeah, 70%. So, he said. I want to know when the article was written because there's been a lot of stuff that's he happened. He said Trump's popularity numbers will test that rule, though. Right, and so here we're looking at we're that right now. We're going to look at the flip-flop. Right. Maybe he's going to get a 30% chance of getting back right. in. Right, okay. Yeah. Because that was interesting, and I wanted to know when yeah, and this he is just, wrote it. This is just it's just his, him looking it over. You know, it's yeah. um, and interesting. It's very, analytically, it's very interesting because... Mm-hmm. And we only think that it's going to be a while because we've been in this for so long. We're going on seven years in November. That's right. Some of these folks coming. I know. We're going to have some exciting events. Seven years. Woo-hoo. So Can you crazy. believe it? Remember, we were counting months. But seven years is a long time to be in the Hell business. Oh, yeah, it is. To feel it, to understand it, to know it, um, and to kind of get a sense. Mm-hmm. of where it's going and we've we've seen trends we do our own statistics and we try and watch and see where things are going for our own business and it's hard to know and hard to tell but we do know because it's still schedule one it's not going to be changed federally illegally across the board until they deschedule that at least to two like hillary was going to at least give it to two which meant it was going to have medical value and you were going to be able to test right so there, there's this, uh, we always talk about it. It's where we need to follow the money. Hillary's email? Oh, oh God, no. No, just the pharmaceutical companies. We really need to get a handle on the pharmaceutical companies. Well, and that's $36,000 a year. This is how I explained it to you. I had a friend last night, and he was talking about, how does this happen? And I said, oh. this is how it happens. <laughs> yeah. The people who vote, mm-hmm. there's different boards. When you have corporations, you have boards of people. When you have, you have boards of people for government. You have boards of people for judge, for the whole legal system. So there's people that sit on these boards that also work and are part of G, uh, Big Pharma. Mm-hmm. Who allows FDA and all of these things? They all sit on each other's boards and they all get to say, this is what we're doing because they have control of the whole thing. It's not just, it's multi facet and just you. You want to hear what Steve D'Angelo says? <laughs> yes. We love Steve. Thank you so much. 
very nice guy. What a humble man. He's yeah, he's very calm. I mean, maybe it's all the weed he does, but, you know. Yeah. He's in his own little calmness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Founder of the Oakland, California-based Harborside Health Center, uh, the nation's largest medical uh, or, or marijuana dispensary. So this, they, they're going through and they're asking experts what they think mm-hmm. when it's going to happen. In the first quarter of 2018, the forward momentum of cannabis reform continued to accelerate, assuming this is not interrupted. Formal U.S. federal recognition of state cannabis laws will likely happen within two years. Rescheduling from Schedule 1, the federal designation for drugs see, uh, deemed highly addictive with no legitimate medical use to Schedule 2, substances with a high potential for abuse that might lead to uh, severe psychological or physical dependence will almost certainly pass at the same time or close to it. With full national legalization taking just a bit longer, the wave of change that the cannabis reform movement has been building for decades is about to crest on the breach or on the beach of history. (laughs) Banks will open the doors to the industry and provide financial services, including credit card processing, mortgages, uh, innovation, and agricultural technologies, and genetics will improve crop yields and decrease crop failure. U.S. clinical trials of therapeutic uh, cannabis products will begin, and U.S. pharmaceutical companies will aggressively develop medical cannabis products. Those products will be distributed through pharmacies, and health insurance companies will cover them, and that's what we so he's saying after the next election, um, shortly after that, probably in the next, you know, few years after that. Right, eight to eight to twelve. Probably because the government. Because we got to see this client. It's got to the next. You know the government's already people. working on it, and we it know is. the and we know big pharmacies have big farms already. Ready. We, we know, know that. that. I mean, it's not. But the government's got to find a way to like pharmaceuticalize this so they can be like, oh, uh, Tylenol, cannabis, elite. Wait. Cannabis. That's um, the one they said. That's the one. The CBD one, you know, or the THC. Alaskan Thunderfuck. Um. Oh. <laughs> wow. See, lemming skunk in the morning. We've got. They've got to get them. They actually got to get them <laughs> And the strains, and then we got to get. I mean, the testing just alone is going to be huge. Just yeah. in. I mean. All the terpenes that we're finding in there, there's cannabinoids. I'm sure there's other acids and things like that that do things to our bodies if we eat it raw. There's the whole oh, yeah. raw approach. Which to isn't this even plant. raw. Uh, well, that raw. I'm thinking raw foods, which aren't really raw. You cook them up to only a certain temperature, right. which keeps them keeps their uh, enzymes alive and active, so mm-hmm. they're not quite dead. <laughs> Juicing is the way to go. It's going to be so interesting. I'm so excited. Yeah, so this is interesting. Um, well, let's see. Here we got. Uh, I want to hear more. You want to hear more? Great, let's just get more, Val. More. 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 Number one, Avid Hadar, co-founder of the Bend, Oregon-based Oregon Industries, one of the nation's leading farm-to-table cannabis companies. Uh, the use of cannabis will be an even more accepted medical practice. Instead of it being a case of, I think this will work, there will be a lot more research into medical cannabis, particularly out of Israel. This will lead to better medicinal applications. You're also going to see a lot of banking opening up for those who want to invest in the industry. Financial services will be more available to people like us. The industry will coagulate and more jobs will be created. As time goes on, the gray market for cannabis in California where they are figuring out how to implement their new regulation is going to completely go away. A lot of people fear that, but once everyone's licensed, the industry will be where it needs to be. You'll be able to walk into a dispensary and get a product that's better and better tested than what's on the illegal or semi-illegal market now. And that's super important that, uh, Sweet. Yeah, that these things are tested, you know, and they're, they're just available. You're going to be able to, it's going to be a 7-Eleven-like new situation. Seven uh, Eleven sells everything from tobacco to liquor to well, they don't sell scratchers. So mm-hmm. scratchers, yeah. All right. 
Um, Dr. Dina Browner, partner in the popular West Hollywood, California-based dispensary, Alternative Herbal Health Services, host of Top Shelf with Dr. Dina, a travel show on the internet station 420 TV, and inspiration for the Nancy Botwin character on the hit series Weeds. Yeah, it kind of looks like her, huh? Looks like Nancy. It does. Ah, hi, Botwin. Oh, Botwin. With all this talk lately of Donald Trump agreeing to sign a bill to protect cannabis law in the states that have already passed the legislation, I'd love to have a crystal ball and see if that actually happens. It wouldn't necessarily change what happens right now for us, but it would open up our world to the big investors we haven't seen yet. Big corporations would be stepping in. For me, that's the beginning of the end for many of my friends in this business. We built this industry in a gray area and worked out of the shadows. These people risked their lives to help people. And now this has become a for-profit industry, and they may get boxed out. This could kill the craft cannabis industry, which it won't. That's my opinion, and it's not going to kill it. I'm interested to see what happens after July 1st in California when you can sell, when you can only sell product that's tested at, and is in compliant containers. Products that aren't will have to be destroyed, and that includes so many brands people have relied on. Right now, there are so many brands we can choose from, but eventually everything you see on the dispensary shelves could be replaced by overly branded products that you didn't see before. You may see the same products in every store. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a unification that's just across the board, same thing. When you go to Walgreens, when you go to CVS, when you go to Walmart, when you go to Target, and you want uh, Tylenol. That's where I was going. Tylenol. You want Tylenol. All All those stores have the same damn products. They all have the same packaging. They all have the same pills. And that's what she's saying. You're probably going to see that. And you probably will. All right. Number three, Sam Zartowski, co-founder of Paragon, a professional network connecting people in the cannabis industry and general manager of Urban Industries, a California-based cannabis distributor. By 4-20-2020, cannabis will be seen as a legitimate industry due to the fact that it has brought in incredible tax revenue and has created more jobs in the manufacturing industry. Federal legalization of cannabis is seriously being discussed since the U.S. feels it is missing out on revenue from exporting and falling far behind on the medical research side of the industry. As the number of career opportunities increase, more and more professionals will seek work in the cannabis industry, and uh, Sam is confident that federal legalization could be closer than many people think. Yeah, and that's true. It it, it will. <clears throat> it's it's going to shut down some business. Like California, really just got super strict, and they are destroying meds left and right because they they weren't grown seed to sale, they weren't tracked, they weren't traced, they weren't labeled. Um, but I, you know, I don't think you're going to see the mom and pop shops go away. Uh, we've got farmers markets, and we have Safeway, and we have Costco. Those are three different tiers. Okay, you've got local growing. You've got Safeway, and then you've got Costco for the planet, you know? And they're not yelling at the farmer's markets for popping up and pitching their little tents and selling their little lettuce and their tomatoes and their potatoes and their potatoes. I think there's going to be a place for that. And I sure hope there would be anyway, because that would be a sad thing to see everybody completely squashed out. But it might happen because it is a medicine. Who knows? Anything about that? Hey. Yeah, I'm really blown away by all of it. Not that. Okay. Just <clears throat> all so new, but I'm. We've been waiting for it for such a long time. Well, I just don't think that the little guy is going to go out. No. Completely. No. And I that's what I be... feel like they're trying because the little guy technically kind of has a run on this market right now, and it's the big pharma and the other big industries are wondering how do they crack into this market. That's already happening because this was already happening 10 years ago, 15 years ago in California, mm-hmm. Denver. You know, I mean, if you oh, go no, to these places, if you go to the places now, if you walk into them, well, even any of the dispensaries, they are really getting really good at their marketing oh. and they're getting where it looks nice, really nice, professional. Yeah. Yeah. As it and be. I feel, and I think it that's the look, same thing. How the medicine and the products are happening. It's all you gotta like, start somewhere, right? And they're they're growing and they're changing and they're adapting to what people want to see mm-hmm. in the medical marijuana market. They don't want to see 
sadly, they don't want to see gummy bears. They don't want to see candy. They don't want to see soda pops and things like mm-hmm. that. They want to see a little package that says, this is what it is. This is what you get. This is a milligram. This is how many you should take. Be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Go to bed. And call me in the morning. Uh-huh. Take two and call me in the morning. So, you know, yeah. it's true. People want, I mean, and in a, in, in a way, uniformity is not a bad thing. Well, and it's kind of like really, we started really out really good. wide, and it's kind of getting shaken well, down I, into, like. That's part of the problem, though, of dispensaries. When you go, sometimes they run out of the best thing that's ever helped you in your entire life. And then you go back, and you're like, oh, we don't have any more of that. You're like, well, when are you going to get it? Well, I don't know. We have to grow it. So there's like a year. Like, Seriously. We need to have some sort of uniformity in this that says if you have arthritis, if you have RA, if you have Crohn's, if you have diabetes, if you have whatever, neuropathy, then you need to take this. People need that. The guesswork is really hard for people, and it's really hard for people in the professional industry to tell a 90-year-old lady to go try something and then see if it works. But don't try too much, but don't be afraid. The high's not going to, you know... And it's like this whole boogeyman thing out there, and they don't want that high. Wonderland is where I was going. It's like yeah, it's all too much, a little bit, a little bit of that. Yeah. And you know, I was talking to somebody else the other day. Um, The gummies work for her. Yeah. She loves them. She's got fibromyalgia. She takes her gummies every day. She doesn't smoke or vape or any. She has never done any of that. She's tried the vape because she thought it'd be a little more. it, It would react a little bit faster for her. And um, she just can't. People, she just know, can't. It just will not work. Yeah, makes yep. her throat hurt. Mm-hmm. And just not good for her. And I think if you've never smoked, there's no reason. There's no reason why you should ever try. There's yeah. so much other stuff out there. No, and those people think, I don't want to smoke it. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's the last thing you have to do now. That's I can't wait until you just get fresh green bud and leaf and you just get to. Do we want with it? Whatever you want. Go and take and do whatever you want with it. The grocery store? Yeah. A little bulk bin? A little bulk bin. The uh, Whole Foods in Florida already sells hemp and shit. saw that. Yeah. And I think it's back out. I think Heidi's um, look, eating yeah. more. <laughs> I think she eat more. I think Heidi's, Heidi's gotten back to the Whole Foods market and got another bucket of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, let's, oh boy. Okay, don't What's do that. Nothing. Wow, that was the chat session. <laughs> I was going to check to see who was in there, but uh, room name error. Okay, we'll just close it. We'll forget about that. We'll go back to the. We're still on, right? This gets kind of sketchy when I don't hear something. <laughs> What's happening? All right, number four, David Raines is founder and executive director of Marijuana Business Association. Mm-hmm. He says, we will have legalized hemp. It will no longer be part of the Controlled Substances Act. This is a huge deal given what's going on with the drug enforcement agencies being so wishy-washy about CBD. There will also be a significant movement in the federal policy towards cannabis. The momentum will come from the congressional states strengthening the 10th Amendment through entrusting states. Act of 2018, see page 16, you bet your butt we will. A version of that is absolutely like likely to pass, and states will be empowered to allow cannabis-related banking and fully regulated uh, regulate these industries. So that falls short of full legalization, but appeals to conservatives' notion of states' rights. This will go a long way toward the mainstreaming of cannabis, and there will no longer be this patchwork of grassroots brands you see now. Wow, that's an interesting thought. Page 16. I want to see. Oh, the political rise of marijuana. All right. Okay. Five, Kevin Sabat. Are we on? <laughs> Founder of Smart Approaches to Marijuana, a.k.a. Project Sam. The answer to this question really depends on whether policymakers decide to stand with public health and safety or side with the money interest behind big, mar- big marijuana. If the latter is the case, expect nationwide increases in drug driving fatalities, nationwide increases in drug use among youth, and quite frankly, I think we'll see a dramatic increase in the opioid problem. Lawmakers, after years of kicking 
the can back to the states will find it hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube and regulate big marijuana. I am confident that with groups such as Sam working hard uh, in the trenches every day, we can avoid this. I love his analogy of putting the toothpaste back in the tube. It's so perfect. It's impossible to turn. Like when people say, I mean, granted, we're not, we're not, probably not, like you said, not going to get full legalization for probably maybe, I'm, I'm going to say 10 to 15 years. Uh, the 10, 20, 20, oh, my God. That feels like, well, oh, my gosh. That's still our lifetime. I know, right? but it is still our lifetime, but it's just, still our lifetime. it feels so long. I'm like just from saying, where we're I, at. I don't, you know, the less you expect, the more you get, especially with I people. know, and you so don't want to put expectations on If I'm thinking by it. the time I'm 20 years older from now, oh, there's so much money. Oh, there's so much money. And I think that's why. Yeah. And I think that's why it's like, we got to get our chickens and yeah, our ducks in a row, our cats in a herd. <laughs> you know, we got to herd our cats right now because it looks like it is like herding cats right now. I mean, I don't have that perspective being over there on that side and, and looking, going, oh, there's this happening in this city. There's this hap- and there's this happening in this town and getting the, like, the micro um, like analogy of all of it and what's going on and going how to break it down. Because, I mean, I, now I grant, I granted, it, I'm sure being the president of the United States is not an easy thing. It's not anything that I would ever want to do. Um, but if I forgot a jam, it would be pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But I don't know if I, I don't forget it. But I mean, looking at that from the perspective of the President of the United States, if you're not fully um, grounded, I think that would be the word, mm-hmm. then I can't imagine, like, the in insanity that waves you every day. You know what I mean? So I'm just like imagining, like you said, you know, 10 to 20 years. What does that look like for how do you get your ducks in a row up there? <laughs> Have you heard those cats, you know? And you know, they've been herding cats for a while. <laughs> those GOPs. GOPs, yes. They've been hurting cats for a long time. Oh, just insane watching it all happen and unfold. I mean, this is huge in our history books right now. Oh, I it really is. hope it's, it's you know going to be huge. told well, the correct way. We're going to have to write it ourselves. Then. <laughs> all right, number six, Deborah Borshock. Borshark, sorry, Deb. What's going on? CEO, co-founder, and editor-in-chief at Green Market Report says. I think that legal landscape will have ease, although I don't believe that cannabis will actually be federally legal by 2020. Having said that, I think more states will legalize adult use uh, marijuana as they continue to see fellow states reap the rewards of cannabis tax revenue. (laughs) On the business side, the cannabis industry will continue to see more consolidation as businesses keep making a push to grow their market share. Company valuations will correct, though, as more companies mature and consistent earnings are analyzed similarly to other industries. Um, <clears throat> sad that, you know, they're looking at tax revenue as the bigger bonus other than the health bonus, you know, but it's true. It's all the money game. Kurt Robbins, number seven, author of understanding medical marijuana and cannabis business compliance documentation specialist. Good guy to have on your side. On the business side, things will change dramatically by then, particularly in states like California, which now has legal adult use and a whole new set of regulations in order to obtain a license for growing. Inspections have already begun in Northern California, and if growers aren't compliant, they're getting fines and risk being shut down and put out of business. And on the provider side, somewhere in the zone of 60 to 80% of existing cannabis businesses may be gone because they are not perfectly licensed or can't afford the licensing process. But on the consumer side, that'll be a good thing because the product they get become increasingly clean. True. Well, and I hope people are able to stay in the business that are mom and pop operations because just because they don't have the billions of dollars other corporations do that have no clue about. But I also hopefully those mom and pop businesses are using right growing practices. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I hope that they're still allowed to say maybe there's some sort of like financial assistance for them, you know, like grants and things that, you know, you're really good at what you do. I can't. 
Michelle Star. I know. It's Let warm up. up on you're welcome, folks. You're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Number nine, Amanda Chicago Lewis, journalist who has written about cannabis for Rolling Stone, BuzzFeed News, Vice, GQ, and LA Weekly. In 2020, even if federal uh, legalization has happened, parallel marijuana markets will persist. One, legal, heavily taxed and used primarily by the affluent. The other, illegal, unregulated, and primarily used by poor people. In other words, the core problem with prohibition will not be resolved. Weed will de facto be legal only for the rich who can afford the product and white people who use the illicit market but rarely get punished for doing so. Well... That's interesting because most most people can, well, okay, here we go. There's Tylenol, and then at Walgreens, you've got your Walgreens brand of Tylenol. So it's 10 times cheaper. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's the exact same stuff, but it's, it's probably not made fancy. at the same place. It's not fancy. Because if you guys know, I mean, well, it's how they, Costco yeah. works. I mean, yeah. some, of their bottles, some of their bottles of vodka are plate, they're, they're used at Grey Goose. So our, their coffee beans are used, are, are manufactured the at the same plant that the coffee Whole beans. Whole Foods does it, Sprouts does it, it everybody does it. They just slap their own yeah, logo on. Logo, and someone's already created a great product. You buy their product wholesale. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, so there's going to be a cheaper option, so I don't know that I necessarily. And that's, totally they're wanting to that. know how many people do they have to buy out. How many people they have to close down? Yeah. Yeah. They're then putting their ducks in the row. They are putting their ducks, and they're getting ready to. Oh no. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just a matter of time on who stays and who goes. I mean, that's. It is. It's the. Sh- it's what is it, it called is. when you shit? Uh, you pen for gold. Yeah, that's your your. You're looking for your nuggets. Sifting. Yes. Sifting for gold. Looking for your nuggets. Thank you. Shake it out. Perry Salzer, uh, Salzauer, corporate and environmental attorney for the Portland, Oregon-based firm Greenlight Law Group. I'm hopeful we will have federal legalization on marijuana by then, but I don't think right now there's any guarantee of that. I think what we're seeing in Congress with the Hemp Farming Act 2018, see page 38, being fully incorporated into this year's appropriations bill is a good sign. When that passes, it will be incorporated into the system, and that will be a test and a model for how we'll eventually see marijuana deregulated on a federal level. Scientifically, cannabis will also be miles ahead of where we are now. There's a lot of work currently being done in mapping the cannabis uh, genome, correlating cannabinoids with specific human responses, so we will really be able to customize the cannabis uh, experience on an individual basis. And that's awesome, because that's what everybody needs. Because Tylenol doesn't work for everybody. Some people like cocaine. Whatever. Ibuprofen. Amy Margolis, partner at Greenspoon Martyr, a national full-service law firm and executive director of the Oregon Cannabis Association, says, I'm just back from a trip to Washington, D.C. with the Oregon Cannabis Association, and we asked lawmakers there what we can expect. The feeling was that given the current administration, we'll stay status quo on a federal level for at least the next two years. I do think that almost every single state will have some form of legalization eventually, even more conservative states where there will be a number of ballot measures for this. My understanding is that Illinois might have the signatures to put adult use on the ballot, and there might be one or two others by 2020, but change for states will remain incremental. Yep, I think states' rights, uh, are going to be really crucial for everybody, which they are, they have been now. So, um, well, we're seeing more states going. I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. and you know, whether you like, like it that. or not, they like you to do your own little thing. They do Just pay your bills. Uh-huh. So let us have banking. Let us get proper programs for our. I think places. there's a magic number, and I think once it reaches that number, then I think it's just kind of like okay. And I think banks are trying to figure it out. I agree. Yeah. They're getting their ducks in a row. They really everybody have to figure is. it out. Because, everybody is right now. I mean, they have to have. Everybody's getting with it. With it being such a criminal, uh, with cannabis having such a criminal background, it's nothing that it could have helped. It was just its upbringing, you know. Uh, you know what I mean? They made it criminal. But they made yeah. it. Cr- I agree. Yeah. You know, 
I know. And so now they have to backtrack. If they have to figuring out how to backtrack and going, whoa, 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 folks. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm we're so sorry. No, they're not even. They're not can't do that. They're not gonna say that. You know. Just because they're not. Because counterfeit cannabis. Lab created versions of marijuana are becoming more popular and more dangerous. The real truth about fake weed. Here you go. Fake weed. Fake weed. (laughs) This is a really good modern marijuana, the future of cannabis. This is great because there's this whole article about deliver us unto hemp nation. Get yours today, folks, don't it? Oh, no. Go sprouts. Go sprouts. (laughs) Go grocery shopping. Maybe we should. Call them and there you go. Thank you. We'll have them. Uh, we'll have these for sale down there yeah. soon enough. The mm-hmm. real truth about fake weed. Here's what the National mm-hmm. Institute on mm-hmm. Drug Abuse wants you to know about how homemade cannabis products can affect your body. Potential psychological effects. Are you kids listening? Listening it up. You could have an elevated mood. Love elevated moods. You can relax. Mm. Altered perception. One's awareness of surrounding objects and conditions. And then there's that. Um, <laughs> symptoms of psychosis, i.e. delusional or disordered thinking, detachment from reality. Yeah. Now we're talking, folks. <laughs> Extreme anxiety. Uh, where's our buzzer on Ooh. that one? Uh, we don't like that. Confusion? Well, that's daily anyway. Well, Maybe it'll clear up. Paranoia. Extreme and unreasonable distrust of others. Hallucination. Sensations and images that seem real, although they are not. Uh, violent behavior. Suicidal thoughts, potential physical effects. Oh, rapid heart rate, vomiting, elevated blood pressure, kidney damage, and seizures. So um, we should probably read the whole article at some point. But you know, you shouldn't do fake weed. <laughs> I don't know if they're talking spice. Oh, here it is. Here we go. Spice K2 skunks. They sound kind of like the nicknames frat brothers enjoy giving each other, despite how cute and quirky they seem. Uh, these names represent something far more sinister. They're actually brands of what is essentially lab-made marijuana. You... Oh. Well, here we go. Um, so what exactly is synthetic cannabis and why should people be concerned about it? Here's all you need to know about this alarming new trend. Where does it come from? The formula for synthetic cannabis actually dates back to 1993 when researchers began studying the science of the brain's endocannabinoid system. They eventually published their results in, an ac- in academic journals, and it all seemed relatively harmless until 2008 when entrepreneurs realized they could hijack that formula. The recreational drug market was flooded with this new man-made mind-altering compound that's usually either sprayed on dried plant matter or sold as liquids to be vaporized. It functioned like real cannabis, but was also cheaper, legal, and undetectable in a drug screen. Easy access, clever packaging designed to appeal to younger consumers, and the false belief these products are made of natural ingredients contributed to their growing popularity. What's the worst that can happen? Because synthetic cannabinoids remain unregulated, their chemical composition is largely unknown and can actually change from batch to batch. Uh, That triggers dramatically different effects, including some that can be acutely dangerous, such as extreme anxiety, paranoia, hallucinations, confusion, violent behavior, suicidal thoughts. Um, And particularly troubling is the fact that there is little research out there right now on the effects of synthetic cannabinoids. We want to know what they're using to make them. The New England Journal of Medicine cited a 2016 zombie outbreak in a Brooklyn neighborhood where there was a mass overdose involving 33 people caused by a synthetic cannabinoid sold as AK-47 24-karat gold. Forensics analysis in the wake of this outbreak revealed that some of the newer compounds were so extremely potent that the people taking them entered a near-catatonic state. According to Jenny Wiley, senior fellow who specializes in cannabinoid pharmacology at RDI International, an independent nonprofit research institute, the biggest danger is when someone is talking or taking a product like that, they don't know what they're taking. In many cases, the chemicals have never been tested on animals. So it is chemical. Uh, it's a frightening scenario, and it has become worse over the years. As we ban one chemical, labs create another to stay ahead of the law and stay ahead of forensics. 
How dangerous is it? In April 2018, the Center for Disease Control issued a message to healthcare providers, alerting them that synthetic cannabinoids were responsible for the hospitalization of 94 people in five states that previous month. They were all treated for coagulopathy, a blood clotting disorder. Meanwhile, 89 others were treated in Illinois, where there were also two fatalities, two in Indiana and one each in Maryland and Missouri. And the victims are almost always younger. As far back as 2010, 75% of the 11,406 emergency room visits involving synthetic uh, cannabinoids were for those between 12 and 29 years of age. By 2011, the DEA officials had identified a list of synthetic cannabinoids and banned them. Banned them. However, manufacturing labs located primarily in China uh, continuously tweaked the formula, leaving law and drug enforcement agencies playing a game of whack-a-mole with banned and reconstituted products. The National Institute on Drug Abuse warns that synthetic cannabinoids are part of a class of new psychoactive substances, NPS, at least 540 types of which have been reported to the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime. Wow. What is the future for synthetics? Rather than uh, synthetic cannabinoids, more pharmaceutical companies are using cannabis plant derivatives and manufacturing medicines from them. GW Pharmaceuticals, for instance, has a product called Epidiolex designed to treat seizure disorders in children, with the FDA approved for public use this summer. That makes it the first legal drug on the U.S. market derived from a cannabis plant. But here, are, but are synthetics here to stay? As long as there is demand, there will be supply, explains neuroscientist Addie Wilson-Pope. When consumers wise up to the fact that cannabis itself is far more safe and effective, then the unregulated illicit synthetic cannabinoid market will disappear. So that's all about uh, that's all about um, the synthetic market, which is flipping scary out there. That yeah. spice, the K two um, skunk, whatever you know, and the, and they're naming them things that you know AK forty seven pot of gold, whatever. They name them things that have cannabis strain names in them, so that you know kids will twelve to twenty nine. Those are the age groups that are using. So sad because you think about it and it's, you know, in these creepy smoke shops in the, like, poorer side of the town that usually carry these things. You know, hole-in-the-wall places. We've had patients come in down and say they bought smoke shops. Yeah, smoke shops. It's usually the creepy ones. And, and it's the ones that are, they know what's going on. They know this is killing people, but yet they yeah. still, they know that people well, are going to buy it. And that's what they said. <clears throat> they're staying one step ahead in the lab. So when they're, when. Changing it. Yeah, they changed, they changed the chemistry just a slight bit, and then it's undetectable again. And then they have to go through the process of detecting that again. It's like, what are they putting in it? Like, it must be a different chemical each time that we yeah. have no idea what does. Well, to the and that's what they're saying. You're, you're, you're absolutely you're clueless. You're playing with. Playing with fire. All right. Let's, um, okay, so the blog, the chat room's off. Let's give a shout out to Canada. You know, we haven't even said anything to Canada Health. Welcome, guys. Canada Health Magazine, online digital magazine. Uh, for when you're just sitting around, hanging out, waiting for your tires to get changed, when you're, you know, just chilling with your mobile. Mm-hmm. Check out Canna Health and let's hear it. Canna Health is a digital magazine focused on knowledge, safe access, and advocacy with a monthly subscription readership. It's loaded with scientific and clinical articles from various healthcare professionals, profiles of cannabis clinics offering safe access to medicines, national and local organizations open to the public, and real-life patient success stories. It's free to subscribe, so don't miss another issue of Canna Health. Welcome. Check them out. And I still believe our website's slightly active. <laughs> Sorry, folks, we're working on that. Um, but I think if you go over to the uh, radio section and scroll down, you can actually see our sponsors, a couple of them, and they'll take you all. Oh, there. Yep, there he goes, right to Canna Health Magazine. So there you have it. Um, there's a couple more statistics. You want to read a little statistics? Yeah. 5.3 million. What? See, we got 5.3 million, and that's number of marijuana plants eradicated by the Federal Domestic Cannabis Eradication and Suppression Program. What? What? Did you know we have one of those? 
5.3 million, and that is the number of marijuana plants eradicated by the federal and domestic cannabis eradication and suppression program. Wow. Okay. All right. Next. 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 Uh, <laughs> next that's a lot. That's a lot. Seventy-two uh, percent. Those seeking treatment for marijuana use who are male. How many, What's the percent? Seventy. Seventy-two percent are seeking treatment. Treatment. Good. Yeah. Um. Eight hundred thousand kilograms of marijuana seized along Whoa. the southern southwestern border <laughs> by U.S. Customs and Border Patrol agents. Annually. Or is that um, a one-time shot? That was seized along. It just said. Oh, just seized? Just seized. Okay, that so was, that was a one-time amount. shot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've been hearing a lot more. There's less coming over because it's not being able to be sold. It's not moving. People are getting, have switched suppliers or yep. they're just not. I feel, I mean, somewhat of the dispensaries being allowed, us being allowed to have dispensaries, has changed how the black yeah. market works here in, it does. It in Arizona. But they'll just ship on something else. Anyway. Right. But anyway, uh, 70% portion of eradicated plants being grown in California. 14.5%. Decline in weight of marijuana seized along the southwest border. <laughs> there you go. There it is. 35.6%. Um, that's 12th graders who used marijuana at least once in the past year. 12? 35. 12th graders? Yeah, 12th graders. And that's 35.6%. We got 68.5% of 12th graders, 12th grade students who uh, disapprove of the marijuana use. 22.2 million, and that's the number of people who reportedly used marijuana at least once a month. Um, 826,000, the number of states approved and tracked cannabis plants grown in Colorado. What? Number of states. State approved. Yeah, you said 826,000? Mm-hmm. Oh, the number of state approved cannabis plants. Okay. Plants, not plants. Tracked cannabis plants grown. <laughs> Almost a million. Well. Wow. 5.6% uh, agencies claiming marijuana was the greatest drug, <laughs> drug threat they faced. 18% uh, segment of federal drug sentences that were for marijuana-related offenses. 15% publicly funded drug treatment centers emissions that were for marijuana. 36 million. Number of people who reportedly use marijuana at least once a year. <laughs> That's New Year's. That's funny. They're <laughs> um, like, oh, I do it one time at Thanksgiving. Exactly. Uh, 38.6% share all drug arrests that were for marijuana possessions in 2015. 94,577. Number of patients who had registered for Colorado's mandatory medical marijuana registry. Oh, excellent. Yeah. It's almost 100,000. Well, and on that note, folks, that's the end of our fun show. Thank you so much for tuning in to Weed Day Wednesday. Bless the gods, old and new. We got through the entire show. This Candace kid was here. I mean, let's just get real. He brought it back. Are you back? I'm back. <laughs> well, for today. All right, folks. Tune in next week. Uh, more news. More out of these magazines. These are awesome. Um, be good out there. Be kind. Be nice. Be loving. Yeah. Try and bring it down a notch. Look long. <laughs> Like, seriously, there's um, just no reason. Good stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> and listen to We Say Wednesday. We love you. Remember, be smart, be safe, and, and educate. educate.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.